Hey guys, it's your host John. And I'm your host Ahmed. And we're back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. This time we have another guest. This is one of the, you know, my close friends growing up in upstate New York. His name's Luca Betamarco. He currently lives out in California. He's like a process engineer. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, our backstory. Then... And then, uh, yeah, then we'll probably talk about chips, uh, like computer chips, right? And how they Chocolate keep chip getting... cookies? Yeah. And maybe some Lay's as well. Uh, but basically, we have like these, currently have five nanometer chips and then a potential three na- nanometer chips. And it's going to keep getting smaller and smaller. Like, when does it end? Like... You know, like there, it seems like there's like a dilemma with like how small it can get, it can get, and still have like all that power. Talk about like the chip shortage going on, and uh, I think Luca n- knew quite a bit about a specific Tai Taiwanese chip manufacturer. Yeah, he. Uh, it's because his job has to do with that stuff, so he's well versed in the space, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Let's dive in. Dive in. Okay, so we're going to start by getting into how me and Luca know each other a bit, and then you know, how we got to this point now. But uh, Luca, do you remember the story? Like the OG first thing that really led to us becoming friends. The slap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the slap. So me and Luca were in, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, sixth grade. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think sixth so. grade, there was a select one class that did math, but two years ahead. So it was called double honors math. And me and him were in that class. And I forget, what we, do you remember what we were arguing about? Because that, I don't. I I don't remember, dude. It was probably something stupid, like, related to, like, band or something. Yeah, I don't remember what we were fighting about. But basically, Luca was able to trigger me enough until I was, like, I don't know, angry. I don't even know if I was really angry, but... Just annoyed enough that I went up to him and slapped him across the face. <laughs> and then that was just the end of our encounter. Because <laughs> he was like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I remember... Uh, did you call me or did I call you? I think me, I think I called you. And I called to apologize and be like, yo, like my bad. That wasn't cool of me to do. I hope you don't tell on me. And then <laughs> he had the idea to be like, you know what, bro? <laughs> I think I am actually going to tell on you tomorrow. <laughs> And then he had me like, yo, please don't. I'm going to be in so much trouble. I don't want to go through with that. I don't want to, you know, deal with whatever those consequences are. And basically that went on for like five to ten minutes. And then he was like, yo, I'm totally kidding. I don't really care. We're cool. Got him. Nice story. And then from that point on, then we basically were lovers. Was there any uh, sexual activity between the two of you? 
Yeah, it was very controversial. <laughs> so, yeah. so are you confirming that there was sexual activity in your neither confirming, Neither confirming nor denying. Yeah, I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny that. Okay. But then, basically, after high school, he went to school out in California, and now he has a job out there. Luca, do you want to talk about what you do at all? I know that's not going to be the topic, but do you want to just introduce your occupation? Because usually we have our guests do that. Um, well, you know, it's not my forever occupation right now. I, I thought you said you're in love with it. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I Well, I mean... I think that for personally, music is my ultimate goal is to work in the music space doing some like mixing mastering. But at the moment, I'm working as an engineer at um, a kind of cool company that does micro 3D printing, which is uh, an interesting concept. We have a, have a 3D printing process to make micro components. How do you even do that? It basically follows like the semiconductor process. Um, so if you're not familiar with how semiconductor chips are made, they basically they use something called lithography to to pattern these really small patterns, and then they just fill it in with materials using. I mean, it depends. You could be a some kind of like electroplating to fill it in, which is what, you know, it's like what we do, or you could use some kind of, um, some kind of other pattern, like reverse pattern process. I don't know, honestly, how the, how the most like high tech companies do it. I mean, these companies, these top companies like Intel and TSMC, like who knows how they, how they do that stuff. They have, million all their equipment's worth millions of dollars and they keep it on under wraps yeah speaking of intel what are your thoughts on how they're doing as a company right now like have you seen any of their like ads that are like just like shitting on apple or uh no i didn't realize they're doing ad campaigns against apple yeah i it's i guess it's because i mean like apple is kind of like disowning Intel by making their own chips. So Apple's or Intel's probably going to lose a big part of their business. So I'm pretty sure they're kind of tight about that. So, yeah, actually, um, right now, what's interesting is that this new iPhone, which I just got, um, the iPhone 13, it, it has this chip called the five nanometer chip in it. And that's interesting because it's the most, it's, it's the most advanced chip that we have so far. And it is actually um, only made by one company in the world, this Taiwanese company. Uh, you might've heard of it, TSMC. Um, so Taiwan right Semiconductor? Now, Taiwan sem- Semiconductor, yeah. And so that's the only company in the world that makes the new uh, Apple iPhone chip. And so Intel hasn't gotten there yet. So I think they're actually, I think Intel's doing a great job compared to how, like, I, I, I don't know if uh, you, you had heard about this, but Intel's re- very recently 
kicked out their CEO who was doing a really bad job and put like their old engineering chief back in as the CEO. And he's just been like nose to the grind, getting Intel back to, you know, trying to get them back to supremacy. And like, it's probably not going to happen, but they're, you know, they're making a really good effort right now. So I think they're actually doing a pretty good job. But I'm, I'm pretty sure AMD is also pretty fierce competition. So something that's interesting about the the chip world is that um, there is a huge distinction between a chip designer and a chip foundry. So TSMC is just a chip foundry. All they do is manufacture chips, whereas Intel both manufactures and designs them. And there's a really interesting uh, history behind it, actually. Because this Taiwanese company, TSMC, when they were founded in the 90s. And when they were created, they were basically told, this business isn't going to go anywhere. Why? All you're going to do is, is make chips. There's, there's, no, you know, there's no market for that. And it's, it's interesting because at, at that point in time, every firm designed their own chips and made them all, manufactured them all in-house. And Intel was was the top dog. But as time went on, you know, in the chip world, you're getting smaller and smaller chips. These five nanometer chips are maybe, I don't know, maybe like 10 atoms wide. Five, five nanometers is 50 angstroms. A carbon atom is like, I don't know. I think it, uh, let me see real quick. I'll look it up real fast. Carbon atom angstrom. Do you know around what time they began to become like a leader in, or like start to take control of the space? TSMC? Yeah. Probably around like, I'm not sure the time wise, but I, if I had to guess maybe around like the nine nanometer chip. Um, okay. So uh, a carbon atom, where is it now? So, uh, wait, wait. Okay, just trying to find the the size of a carbon atom. Don't see it anywhere. Well, at any rate, um, this is the here's a chart that that at least gives some indication. So, uh, a carbon atom, like the the bond between two carbon atoms is only like maybe a couple angstroms. So 50 angstroms, that's how big this these chips that are in our iPhone 13s are. That's you know, maybe maybe 50 uh like somewhere between 30 to 50 atoms. So that's incredibly small. <laughs> I mean, you're talking you know what is uh you know you're talking like what is a chip a chip is basically just uh, a transistor so it's just um you know a chip is just it's just this pnp uh a little bit more complicated than a pnp junction but it's a it's a device you know it's a it's a device and you're making it out of like 50 atoms or something like that. It, it's incredibly small. And so to make that, 
requires an enormous amount of, of capital and an enormous amount of money and uh, access to materials and shit because there's a lot of rare materials that you're using, right? It's not even the, the, the materials being rare. It's mostly, you know, silicon, right? But it's, it's just that the, the technology to, to pattern something that small is incredibly expensive and prohibitive. And so back when get, like insanely tight tolerances and shit like that. Yeah, of really course. Machines. And back when, you know, back when Intel was top dog in the nineties, making their own chips and designing them, it wasn't that expensive to make their own chips. But as time went on, it got exponentially more expensive because you're getting smaller and smaller, yeah, and the technology is getting more advanced at the same time. Right. So I think that when they started, they went from like 11 nanometer to 9 nanometer to 5 nanometer or 7 to 5. Uh, it was something like, you know, I don't know exact numbers, but it was something like $2 billion to make like the, you know, the 9 nanometer to like $8 billion to make the 7 meter to like $16 billion to make the five nanometer or something like that uh, or 20 billion to make the five nanometer. It was some like exponential jump. So now it's costing them tens of billions of dollars, which as you know, is an enormous amount of money to just make the uh, facilities for the newest generation of chips. And so now it's just basically become so economical for companies like AMD and NVIDIA and Apple to just design the chips, which is what all those companies do, and have them manufactured by TSMC. So AMD doesn't make their own chips. They design them. Uh, NVIDIA doesn't make their own chips. They design them. Apple doesn't uh, – well, they're, they're starting to, but they have traditionally not made their own chips. They've designed them. And so Intel and Samsung are like some of the only major companies that actually designed their chips and made them. And so Intel is just having a lot of trouble keeping up with this TSMC because TSMCs, all they do is make them. So that's like their one focus. So they don't have to worry about designing them. So that's kind of where it's, it's kind of like in that, um, you know, Intel got a little bit lost in terms of all of their competitors were honing in on one or the other and they were stuck doing both. And that's kind of how they got left by the wayside. Yeah, I was just talking about this the other day, actually. I met, I don't know if you remember, in the group chat. I was making the comment about how uh, Intel was originally up big, and then they kind of got complacent and didn't, like, see where the industry was headed, where people were kind of picking one or the other. Like, that's kind of what you're saying. Uh, and now they're they're behind. And now people are kind of drifting away from going to Intel. And I see it in the PC build, like, PC Reddit area. Everyone used to be Intel. If you went AMD processor, you were a bitch. And now a lot of people are rocking the, the AMD processor, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, AMD's done great recently. They definitely got done, yeah. Their stock up big, too. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and so, so CSMC. So what's interesting right now you know, one thing I think is really interesting right now is like, have you guys heard about all the money that Intel and TSMC are putting into these new fabs? No, I have not. Is it for like smaller technology or it quicker or what's the advantage of these the new fabs? 
So TSMC, this Taiwanese company, so it's in Taiwan and it makes this company makes 24% of all of the world's chips, believe it or not. Oh, shit. It makes a quarter of the entire global supply of chips. Now, every single day, China is like threatening to take Taiwan over. They fly military planes over. They do all these like shows of aggression. And who knows whether they ever actually would or not. But the point is, is that like there's this huge geopolitical risk of to the rest of the world that all of their chips, like, I mean, like I told you, all of Apple's iPhone 13 chips are all made by this Taiwanese company. So there's this huge risk that if China took Taiwan over, that they would have control of, of the most, not most, but like a huge portion of the global chip supply. And so that wouldn't be good. Yeah. So one of the things happening right now, TSMC spent like $20 billion, I want to say, 20 to 30, I forget, billion dollars on this new chip fab in Arizona. And Intel, yeah, and Intel is also spending, I think, 10 billion on a new fab in Arizona. And uh, Samsung was going to build one in Texas, but I think they scrapped those plans. Um, And so they're both spending huge amounts of money I actually had an interview with uh, TSMC for their fab in Arizona. They were it was for a, a, a job that they would have sent me to Taiwan for a year and a half to learn sh- everything. And then- that would have been a risk while you were there, no? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about uh, if I was there when you're saying if China took it over yeah. while I was there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you might be in a little danger then. Yeah, living on the edge. But um, anyways, uh, so we have, you know, this big shift to the U.S. for for this, even from, from the Taiwanese company. So, you know, talk about the chip shortage. We're probably going to be seeing the chip shortage there, you know, Intel and these companies are saying we're probably going to be seeing the chip shortage through till like 2024, 2025, um, probably 2024. But Damn. one, which, yeah, it's, it's going to be a while. But in my mind, I'm like, all I'm thinking about is, okay, but once 2024 rolls around, we're going to be seeing like a renaissance of technology. That's what's in my mind. Cause I'm like, once, right? Cause like once we get through the chip shortage, we're probably going to have a massive chip surplus. Yeah. Yeah. Because once they figure out how to. Well, right what, now what they're spending ju- all this money to build these massive fabs. And it's going to take years for those fabs to get up and operational because they're so complex. But once they are, then we're going to be able to produce an, way more than we were before. And now it'll be a surplus instead of a. Totally. And there's, yeah, the, yeah. there's this whole. Like, That's going to be a boom. Another tech boom. Yeah, I think so. Because there's this whole competitive thing with Intel and TSMC where they're like going up against each other where it's like, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a huge surplus of of the best chips that we have because like Intel's trying really hard to get to the five nanometer themselves. Oh, by the way, meanwhile, uh, TSMC has a three nanometer chip in, in, in R&D at their high tech facility in Taiwan. I was actually going to ask, I was going to say, like, how small do you think they can go? I mean- like- there has to be at some point, like you cannot get any smaller, right? Yeah. So TSMC, 
Uh, all right. So TSMC said, I mean, it's it's crazy. They say that even the three nanometer chip will improve computing performance by ten to fifteen percent over the five nanometer. And if you have, if, if you've seen how an iPhone thirteen is, the five nanometer is crazy. Um, but uh, the three nanometer, well, so three nanometers that's thirty angstroms, right? So thirty angstroms, you're dealing with, you know, like I don't know, ten. 10 to 20, 15 to 20 atoms in size, you're getting down to the point where pretty soon there's only a couple more generations of chips before you're going to be literally at the atomic scale, right? You're, you're going to be you're gonna be making chips that are just a few atoms in size. And Wait, these chips are are they really that small? Like when you when you watch an Apple keynote and they have like the A15 Bionic or whatever the chip is called, and they show it zoom. That's just like an insanely zoomed-in view of it. The Apple Bionic, like the chip. Yeah. So it's basically the the when it says three nanometers. It's referring to so I, I don't know exactly the the details and I think it's it's a little. I thought bit, it means the transistors that they're using are. I, I it's the nodes. The nodes are are three nanometers. Okay. And so I, I don't know the the real specific nuances of it of the term, but um. I just know that, you know, regardless of the case, whether it's actually the transistor that is that size or, or some, some kind of interconnecting uh, part of it that is that size, whatever is that size is clearly a limiting factor because that's what they're naming it after. You know what I mean? Like it's seven nanometer chip, five nanometer chip. So whatever they're naming it after is that that con- naming convention is based off of whatever this part is that is five nanometers or three nanometers. So regardless of whether it's actually the transistor or not, it is having to get that small to in- increase the computing power. So I get my point here is that regardless of, of what it is, um, there's a limit that we're coming up to. We're hitting a few micro, or a few atoms, and uh, can't really yeah. move past that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more room left at the bottom, <laughs> which is crazy, but there there won't be. So, yeah, I I wonder what because we've only damn I my mic. We've only ever been alive during a time where we could we still had room to go. I wonder what will happen. You know, kind of. Will it even matter? Will things be fast enough that we can, you know, and I, I know there are ways to improve speed and performance on top of just the sizing, but usually the sizing had the biggest impact. Um, yeah. But now they can change materials and whatever. I don't even know how that could work, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think things, I don't know. Do you have any idea what would happen? 
I mean, I, not a huge sense. I mean, maybe a change in materials, maybe a change in in um, some kind of technological change, definitely some kind of packaging change and like like macro scale architectural change. They might have to make things a little bigger if they want to improve performance. Um, the actual full scale package. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, beyond that, I'm not really positive what, what they would do. That's kind of my point is like, once we, once we hit that threshold, I, I don't know what really we would do beyond that. To keep getting things faster and, rapidly improving performance like in accordance with moore's law yeah so by the way just look it up um the uh the the technology nodes that these measurements are uh associated with this five nanometer three nanometer it's the the size of the process's transistor gate yeah length so it's transistor gate length Yeah. So. Yeah, I actually took a class in college that I did like transistor level fabrication architecture. Oh. Where as, if, as if you were putting it on a chip. Yeah. It was, it's really hard. It took weeks just to do like a really simple, you know, gate organization. But this is like a whole chip, you know. Right. They spend years and years and a lot of people put their efforts into that. Yeah. It was cool cool experience though. But yeah, basically you you can size the transistors to a different length and that gives you different performance characteristics and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's there's definitely a room for for technological improvements other than size, but but it's crazy that, I mean, we're getting so small. It's really, I mean, it's impressive that we've gotten this far. You know, I mean, it, the whole industry is very interesting because uh, when, when they build one of these $20 billion fabs, I mean, there's these companies, like you have companies like ASML and Applied Materials whose whole purpose for existence is just to is just to make their their complicated equipment like all these companies do is make their like lithography machines that can make a five nanometer chip or pattern a three nanometer chip. And and these machines are costing them millions of dollars now. And so then Intel has to what they have to, they have to hire probably tens of millions. Intel has to hire people to design. No, hundreds of millions for one equipment. Yeah. So Intel has to hire people and, and, have have software technology to design the chips and then and then buy this these machinery this machinery to actually produce them so but hey they're trying i guess we just got to see what's going to happen yeah and either way the consumer is going to come out ahead because we're going to have some crazy technology especially once we have our own five nanometer fab in, in the u.s the one thing I was thinking too is that what is it? The smaller we get, and when we really reach that max, uh, max size or min- minimum size, you could probably start building 
the entire features of a computer just on a fab. Because everything is so small, you could fit everything in a package that wouldn't be too big. And then you could basically just have, you know, like the closer things are together, the quicker the speed is in terms of electronics. So if you were to put everything on a fab, like on a, like a substrate like that, and then put it in one form factor, everything would be super close. So the computer would just become extremely, extremely fast. Like now you're, if you want to save something to your hard drive, it has to go across that whole wire and shit. Plus it's really slow getting downloaded onto the disc and all that shit. But then you have RAM on your computer, which is closer to the processor. But at the same time, it also, uh, it also can't hold as much. All those, there's those drawbacks and pros and cons. But if you could put everything on one form factor on one chip, that would totally change the performance. And I could see that possibly being a thing. Yeah, uh, definitely possible. There, another problem is that once you get down to that level, you have all these heat considerations, and also like any little bit of noise in the processor can clearly disrupt another transistor right next to it or the surrounding transistors. Yeah, you have to start. It's crazy because once you get down to the level where you just have a few atoms, you have to start taking into consideration quantum effects of like all you know, all these dynamics change. Once you have chips that are that small, you're going to start having effects like tunneling and crosstalk and interference and all that shit. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I just what it would be, but you know, when you have, if you're going to have a gate that's that's really small, I I I I can't like picture exactly what it would be from can't you know from my quantum mechanics class in college, but I can just think of like a gate that's like that small is going to have some quantum effects for sure. I also, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day when I was really into building computers and shit. That's when I seven extreme was like the processor to have the other day. I totally realized that they have an I nine and I nine extreme and I nine pro all that shit. They're like, we're way beyond what my like previous conception of processors were. And the capabilities of them are like already, you know, crazy. Yeah. But as we probably start to get into more like AR and VR and autonomous stuff, we're actually going to need the full demand of these these chips and these new processors. It's true. We're you know that that there's actual we're we're, we have these applications that are ahead already of the that show the demand yeah yeah so it's like we're already it's like it's not even like we have to do any brain thinking we already have like the difficult applications that we need the the new tech for but you know we might be able to it might be more realistic to actually make safe autonomous vehicles and you know all kinds of you know space vehicles as well just all kinds of new and crazy technologies with these chips and we're having plenty of chips to throw at it i'm sure there's a lot we could do well i feel like if you had everyone in an autonomous vehicle there would never be an accident or it would be very controlled yeah like a grid basically because then you could even make like a virtual grid of cars 
Yeah, I can see like an animal maybe causing something, but when everything's controlled by a computer, like there's no time wasted on thinking. <clears throat> it's auto- It's just done. It's already programmed. That kind of makes the world almost like a simulation, though, if everyone's car is driving it. Like and itself. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's cons to it as well, because then you kind of lose that freedom or sense of free will. It's, it's just kind of like everyone is just being driven around by essentially a robot powered by like like a tenth of a, na- a nanometer chip by that point or and, whatever crazy shits out then, in the future. And then at that point, you could also make the argument for why don't we just have a robot or something autonomous that cleans for us and does this for us and does that for us. And then eventually we're doing nothing and it's like Wally and we're all just fat as shit. And I like- mean, there's a... <laughs> I know Tesla announced like a humanoid robot that they plan to build and sell to people. Yes. Yeah, and that. it's, I think everyone saw iRobot with Will Smith like a couple of times and none of us want that. Like we all need to agree that we don't let that shit happen. I mean, Tesla's making it happen though. I mean, not, not to accept it mainstream. Like, I mean, I'm, far. I'm sure it'll be, cost prohibitive for most people but it's gonna be like uh like a major step it's just like an a thing you could just go online and buy if you want and you'll just have a robot that walks around your house like delivered to your door and you know like if you know anything about tesla's car ordering process you know it's like supposed to be the most straightforward out of any car purchasing process. So I'm assuming it would be pretty easy to just get a robot. But then do you think they have to do background checks on the people buying the robots? No, I think we're a long ways away from it being like fully, you know, doing shit for you. Like, you know, cleaning the floors, washing the dishes, making food, all that stuff. Yeah, but they wouldn't have your background checks because it's like, what are you going to do? At the end of the day, Tesla controls the robot still. You just have like whatever they give you as the options. It's, yeah, it's still a product like that. It's not like you can make your Tesla like slam into people. Yeah, and it's like a Tesla is for all intents and purposes a robot except it doesn't have a human body and a brain, you know, the like the ability yeah. to speak. But you know, in terms of, in terms of like, I mean, you know, a car could be just as advanced. Do you think there's any like benefit to a robot having like a humanoid form factor? Not really. I mean, yeah, like I don't think a robot. Do you think robots need fingers? I mean, it just depends on like. Their application, yeah, what you're using it for. I mean, it. I mean, like, I I don't think they're really thinking that far ahead about like what what it's going to be necessarily. You know, I mean, I think Tesla's like, trying to what, build it soon. What if they're just sex dolls, sex robots? That's kind of that's kind of like the worst case scenario. Yeah, but that should be made out of like stainless steel or some shit. Like, I feel like. 
I don't know. I can't imagine, imagine that Elon catching Musk, on. Imagine Elon Musk talking about the specs of his sex robot that he's releasing. <laughs> he got bagged when he got divorced with his his ex-wife. Did Elon you? Musk is a, is a beast, though. Oh, I'm scrolling through Facebook. I'm like, Jonathan Palmieri is with Sunaira M. Zaman. But just just recently announced it, just, just today announced it. Yeah, I Hell I realize that it still said I'm single on Facebook. <laughs> Dude, I've never changed my Facebook fucking relationship. I actually have no idea what mine says. And I'm I've been with my girlfriend for almost four years. It probably still says single on Facebook. I just don't open Facebook. Uh, who cares? It's just Facebook. I just felt like doing it. It's not mandatory. You're weird for doing that. Yeah. Sorry. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to unfriend you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there any other, any uh, other points we wanted to cover? I think uh, we're far away from chips now. So now yeah, we faded I, from chips. I guess we can uh, we can end this here. We can wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Luca. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, it was uh, good to talk to you again too. Well, educational episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hope I didn't talk too much. Nah, nah, you're good. No, you're so, the star of this episode, so. Well, thanks. You were the yeah. subject matter expert, something like that, right? And Luca, do you want to plug any of your uh, brands or music? Music. Well, yeah, well, if anybody needs something mixed or mastered, send it my way. Yeah, he's good at that stuff. Yeah. I don't have a I don't have any kind of like uh website for, for mixing services set up or anything like that yet, but you can just ask John or Ahmed how to get in touch. Alright, fire. Yeah. Alright. Uh and we also have our uh black box Instagram and Twitter at Black Box Podcast without the A in black. Um as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Peace. Bye, guys.